0: Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on 2 RFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp, as per usual. Scott, how are you going? Very well, very well. It's a beautiful day out there for the a plants. beautiful day. So much is yes. the shortest
1: day of the year, though. Well, they're not going to enjoy that because they don't feed for quite as long. The sun's not there beaming down on them, but it'll get better for them. They've always got tomorrow. As of today. <laughs> yes. Scott Sharp, what have
0: you got for us today? Well, today I thought we'd talk about nuts, we'd talk about azaleas as well, and winter citrus care. And we've got Wayne from Jules, and he's got a question about buffalo grass. Good afternoon, Wayne. How can we help you with your buffalo grass?
2: Hi, Scott. um, I've been on the internet. I've I've looked at that many darn sites, but it all seems to pertain to grasses in the northern hemisphere. Yes. My yard, I've got Sir Sir Walter, but since we've had this bit of rain, I've never had any trouble with it before. It's dying off in patches. It's just patches. It's dying off. What can I do about it? What, do I need a product
1: or? Yeah, I, I think you do. You might have dollar spot, which is a fungal disease that grasses get uh, around this time of year, especially if it is wet and just staying really soggy. Uh, so you need to get a product called Mancozeb Plus, which is a fungicide, and you just spray that all around that area, uh, not just where the, the patches are, but keep on doing it elsewhere. Uh, especially in the shady areas, and see if you can get that back under control. I think one of the problems with buffalo grass uh, here in uh, you know Newcastle and further south is that once we get to winter, it just stops growing. Uh, you know, you can sort of mow your lawn uh, mid-May and almost leave it again in, until mid-August. Uh, it's not maybe not quite that bad, but uh, it really does just stop growing. And and what that does though is if we get a lot of rain like this, you do get those weird soggy patches. Uh, you get areas where, you know, you're walking out to the clothesline or, you know, you've got dogs and they're, they're running around uh, and they can be doing damage and it just doesn't regenerate and come back. So I think that is one of the problems with buffalo grass uh, here in Newcastle. Um, Wayne, do you actually have a dog, uh, mate, that could be uh, doing the business on the lawn? Yes,
3: we have a dog. Yep. But every day I've got a little scoop thing and I pick
2: up all the, the doggy do.
1: Yep, yep. That's that's uh, the that's yeah. the number two. What what about the number three, mate? Yeah, no. Nah, well, there's not
2: much I can do about that.
1: Yeah. great yeah. <laughs> great What's number three? You know, number three is. I don't know what number one is. It's rhyming slang. i no, not. I don't. That's not. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, on. Okay. <laughs> number three. <laughs> no, the number three. So. Uh, yeah, look, there's not much you can do about that, but that could also be an issue as well where you're getting some patches dying out because the grass just isn't uh, you know, regenerating quickly enough. All you can do then, mate, is go out and sort of hose it off um, as soon as the dog has done the number three.
4: Is
3: that product you were telling me about, is that uh, like dog-friendly or what? Are you got to leave a little while before you can let the... Run
1: yeah, look, that's fine with that one. You'd mix it up uh, in the watering can or uh, and just or in a spray if you want to and just spray it over. No, look, that won't be harmful to pets. Wonderful.
3: Thank you
0: for your information. Okay, good on your way and have a nice
1: afternoon.
2: Thank
0: you, bye. bye. So we've got Tony from Cessnock and he's got a question about wisteria. Good afternoon, uh, Tony. How can we yeah, help you with it?
5: Yeah, how going? you going? Uh, Scott, I've got three fairly mature uh, wisteria vines in my backyard and of those three one of them will produce about three bunches of flower every year the other two produce nothing I've been told I should put them under pressure that that'll produce flowers somebody else told me hack them around the trunk with a lump of wood and uh, but you know that seems a bit dodgy <laughs> What, what
1: can help me? Yeah, that, that was the old trick with, with uh, jacarandas to get them to flower. You hit them on the uh, trunk with a little, couple of you know, bits of 3B2 and that would make them flower because it stressed them out. I don't know if that works with wisteria. You might just want to give them a you know, swift kick or something like that and see what happens. But well, when are you, actually, are you pruning those, Tony, or are just letting them run wild?
5: Yeah, no, no, we're pruning them.
1: Okay, when are you pruning them?
5: Well,
1: we've just done it, actually. Okay, I think what you're doing is you might be pruning off the flowering material on the plant, uh, because okay. as you know, they flower, you know, fairly early, and the flowers come out before the leaves do. What I would be inclined to do is uh, prune them a little bit earlier, uh, even when they've got leaves on them. Uh, you know, maybe back in. Uh, you know, February, March. Uh, okay. Yeah, probably yeah. March actually would be a good time to do it. I think that's what's happening. You're probably you're pruning off all that flowering material because you you they've, they've set the flowering material. They go dormant now for winter, and then when they come out, there's nothing for them. There's no flower there um, for them to do so. So yeah, I, I'll just uh, get in a little bit earlier so that they can get that flowering material back on, and then they become dormant, and you'll get some nice flowers next year.
5: Okay, because it tended to wait till the the, uh, leaves go yellow and start to fall off.
1: Yeah. uh, we'll do it early. Yeah, I'll do it early. Uh, Get some sulphate of potash as well and start building that up in the soil. Uh, That'll also promote uh, and make
0: stronger flowers for you.
5: Okay, thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much for the call, Tony. Cheers.
5: Okay,
0: bye. We've got Charlie now from Hamelin Terrace and they've got problems with their mandarin tree. Good, Good afternoon, Charlie. How can we help?
3: Oh, good afternoon, Scott. How are you? Yeah, pretty well. Good, good. Thanks. Uh, I've got a mandarin tree, and it's probably about two years old now. Um, It's always been in a pot, and I'm a bit reluctant to stick it in the ground because it doesn't get a whole lot of sun in that area. So I've left it in a pot. Um, It's got full sun where I've got it, but it's continually losing all its leaves. It's lost uh, probably about sixty percent of the leaves. Um, I don't overwater it, and um, what I've been doing now, I've given it plenty of sea soil, but it's, there's not many leaves left on it, and I just can't see insects all over it. So just trying to find out what the problem is with it.
1: Yep, okay, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so we're going we're to get you to put a big break on things uh, for a little yep. while, especially the sea soil. Uh, okay. Look, a fantastic product, but it's only yep. really helping the root system of the plant. Uh, okay. it's not actually promoting any green leafy growth, only, as a, I guess, as a byproduct or a secondary cause. So yep. stop using that. Yes. Uh, the other thing it's doing is it's stressing out the plant. So I, I don't want you doing any fertilising for a while. Now, yep. mate, you said uh, you're not over-watering. Um, quantify that for us. How often are you actually watering?
3: I'd say where it is now, it's in a pot, and I've got it on a trolley so I can move it around... To catch the sun all day, yeah, um, to help it along. Um, I haven't watered this plant in probably about maybe at least two weeks. Ouch! And and <laughs> and um, and it doesn't appear to be dry. Like the soil, the soil is not really dry. You okay. Know? A- have
1: you got a saucer underneath that, or
3: no? I haven't. It's all
1: open. Okay. Look, look, mate. I- Two weeks, I reckon I'd be pretty thirsty if I hadn't had a drink in two weeks. So, I think you probably need to start watering it a bit more regularly. Uh, And look, that might just be once every couple of days. Uh, And you want it in a good potting mix where it's flowing through. You don't want it being, you know, soggy and and, uh, staying wet all the time. Uh, Look, that said, keeping a citrus in a pot, you'll only ever get the citrus to a certain size. It's, um, you know, not impossible to keep a citrus in a pot, but it's very difficult once it gets to that fruiting stage and and flowering stage to keep the nutrients and moisture up to it. Uh, uh, Because the first thing it'll do is drop its uh, flowers and any little, you know, tiny little fruit that it's set uh, to try and survive. Then it'll drop its leaves as you're finding out. So I think you just need to cut back on that fertilising at the moment. Yes, okay. Uh, Start uh, watering a little bit more regularly. Okay. Uh, are you doing the right thing, mate? Though? I'm going to give you some points for something here this afternoon. Thank so you. <laughs> I know. I, you, I could tell you you're getting, starting to get a bit down there. Because I was just hammering you. But uh, look, you're moving it around and keeping it in the sun, and that is the right thing to do. Uh, yes. Because citrus love uh, sunlight to uh, fruit and flower properly. Uh, and then I, I think for your fertilizing i would yep. go and grab a product called Sudden Impact. It's actually for roses, but uh, citrus yeah. and roses love the same thing. And it's a slow-release yep. fertilizer. It's organic. Uh, you just get uh, it's a little pelletized uh, sort of yep. manure. There's a little uh, measuring cup in there, so you know exactly how much to mm-hmm. give it. Uh, and you probably give that uh, to the citrus every, you know, three to four months. So, so it's nice yep. and yep. regular throughout the year. Yeah,
3: yeah. I know the product. Now it's pretty
1: good. I've used it on my mum's roses. Yep. Um, okay.
3: So I do intend on putting this in the ground, but it's it's only about probably about a metre tall, and uh, where it's going to go, it's a little bit it doesn't get a full sun. So I was kind of hoping to leave it in the pot for at least another 12 months. Until it gets a bit bigger and established, then you stick it in the ground. You
1: know, yeah, um, that, that's but, that's fine. So keep doing that. Once once yeah, you do yeah. put it in the ground, though, yep. citrus in the shade they tend to not fruit as well as as yes. we just said. They Absolutely. also tend to be more susceptible to pest and disease. So you just yes. have to watch yes. out for that. Yep,
3: yep, no, no. No, it sounds great. I'll, um, I'll do all that. We'll appreciate the help.
1: Okay. Mate, well, how many stars will we give you for today? Two? <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, two, I
0: think. <laughs> two, okay. <laughs> You'll fix it up. Everything will be fine. Okay. Thanks
1: very
3: much, Scott. Good Thank day, you. Charlie. Thank you. Okay,
0: bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Leonie from Heat and Greeter, and she's got issues pruning a fig tree. Good afternoon, Leonie. How can we help you?
4: Yes, we've got a fig tree that's got a lot of branches that are very low and almost, well, if not dangling on the ground, um, and now that it's lost its leaves, I guess it's the time to be trimming it up. How much should we try to trim it up?
1: Yes, it is the time to, to prune up fig trees now because uh, they fruit like most plants do on the uh, new growth so they're dormant at the moment like you said they've lost their leaves Uh, so with a a fig tree you can get back into it pretty hard if you want to Um, Look, I'm not advocating cutting it right back down to the ground but uh, you can certainly get pretty savage with it if you need and then when we hit spring you'll get a whole lot of new growth uh, and then all of that new growth will have fruit on it so you'll have those beautiful juicy caramelly figs to eat uh, as we get into spring and summer uh, so, yeah, look, if you want to get, uh, you know, fairly tough with it, uh, you, you certainly can. Uh, now, as you said, sometimes, uh, is yours pr- uh, like sprouting from the base or what, what's happening with it? You mentioned there's some branches that are touching the ground.
4: Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of branches that are touching the ground.
1: Yeah, is that because it's coming out from the base or?
4: Yeah, sort of.
1: Yeah, okay. So you can certainly clean those up as well if you want to. And There's, those... not,
4: a, there's not a particular... Central trunk of it. Okay. Um, there's two sort of main fork things, but there's not really a central trunk that we can sort of train. But there's just a lot of ones on the ground mm. that we need to take off because we don't want the fruit and all that to be dangling on the ground.
1: Yeah. So get get rid of those in that case, and it might be that you want to you know identify, like you said, two particular trunks and try and. Uh, get those to be the main trunks of the tree and, and get a nice shape out of it, uh, you know, this year. So it is the time to do it um, when it's dormant. So, uh, yeah, jump in and, and give it a go.
4: Also, is it the time to be trimming back blackberries and
1: Uh Yes, you can do those as well at this point in time.
4: How much do I trim them back?
1: Well, blackberries you can prune back just about as hard as you want and, and they'll still come back for you. Uh, and the same with the Logan berries. That's the great thing about the berries. Is that uh, You know, they're so quick-growing, very resilient, so you can prune them back quite hard.
4: You all know, the blackberries I've noticed that are sprouting up in different places that I don't want them to be, so I have to dig them out.
1: Yeah, have to be careful about that. Uh, look, I remember as a kid uh, living in Merriweather, You know, we had this particular side of the hill that was just full of blackberries, and it was uh, almost impossible to to go up the hill because they do just spread out and become, uh, you know, quite wild. So yeah, try to keep them in a nice, uh, you know, contained little area and uh, keep them under control.
4: Thank you very much.
1: Okay, thank you for the call, Leoni. Bye.
4: Bye. We well,
0: have got Trish now from Cessnock, and she's got rust on her geraniums. It seems as though we've lost Trish. She, oh. <laughs> she's, she's disappeared on us. Yeah, so yeah,
1: rust on ger- geraniums, if Trish is still listening, uh, yeah, look, you can't keep that under control um, by spraying with Manco Plus, uh, but make sure you get right in underneath the leaves to try and uh, get rid of it. So
0: they get right in under there.
1: Yes, yeah, and if they are falling off and
0: dropping on the ground, then uh, make sure you discard those leaves, put them in the garbage and uh, get rid of them. Not too easy. And we've got Joe from Crowder's Bay, and he's got fruit flying his grapefruits. Good afternoon, Joe. you still got fruit fly, have you? Well,
5: well, I haven't now. Obviously, I've got no fruit on at the moment, uh, on the grapefruit. But um, but what, last year when I got the grapefruit, I got some lovely grapefruit, and everyone got fruit, fruit, fruit fly in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and all the other 1st I've never had that problem. I've huh? got little curl on it now, on the new grow. Um. But it's a healthy
3: plant, and the fruit
1: was gorgeous fruit. But I, but I got this fruit fly. Yeah, fruit fly is a, a real, real problem uh, in in the you know the spring and summer months uh, for citrus, for tomatoes. Uh, it's just everywhere. So the only way to really keep it under control is once you see that fruit starting to set you know it's it's green it's small and it's still hard at that point in time you need to start setting traps for fruit fly Uh, you can either buy fruit fly traps uh, from your garden center or sort of already pre-made or you can make them up yourself with some vegemite and malathon and a plastic container and you also need to be spraying regularly with a pyrethrum spray at that point in time to try and keep the actual fly under control because you don't Want that female fly turning up and stinging the the fruit, getting into the skin of the fruit, and then the weevil going in and just munching up inside and destroying the fruit for you. So it is something you have to be really vigilant about, Joe. Uh, you have to start as soon as that fruit sets and is hard and green. It has to be the two pronged attack of uh, trapping uh, to keep the f- female fruit fly under control and spraying as well with pyrethrum to try and keep the, them under control too.
5: The pyrethrum, I, I um, I don't like spraying chemicals on mm-hmm. it, you know.
1: I, I is there, is there an organic? Yeah, so look, mate, pyrethrum is an organic spray, about as as best as you're going to to get, uh, uh, and still, you know, will actually do some damage to the fruit fly. Uh, so that is, and with that, there's like a very very small withholding period uh, for eating the fruit. So pyrethrum is, is the safest one for you to use.
0: All right, Matt. Thank you very much. Okay, good thank on you, and thank you for the call.
1: Cheers.
0: Cheers, bye. We've got Mark now from North Arm Cove, and he's looking at relocating his lemon lime tree. Good afternoon, Mark. How can we help you with it?
5: Hi, Scott. Um, I don't know much about gardening. I've got a lemon lime tree that's oh, a metre and a half. I'd like to relocate it a few metres away from where it is Mm -hmm. in a really bad position at the moment, you know, construction-wise. Can I do that?
1: Yes, you can, yes. Uh, And, look, I would say to you that now is the time to do it in the middle of winter uh, because the plant is, you know, largely dormant. So what you need to do is give it a a, a prune back, uh, probably, you know, maybe about a third of the plant just to reduce the stress And then uh, get to it with the spade or whatever, uh, if you've got a machine up there. or You said you're doing some renovations? Yeah, I am. Yeah, Yeah, so you need to get out and dig as much of the root ball and the soil uh, as you possibly can without uh, damaging that root ball. Now, one of the important things when you're uh, transplanting like this is to not sort of drag and tear the plant out of the ground. If if you find there's a, you know, a large root there, you're best to get a pair of secateurs or a pruning saw and just cut straight through it uh, rather than drag that out because you don't want to be doing damage to the fine hair roots there. You want to get as much soil as you possibly can. Uh, then, Mark, dig your, your big hole where you're going to put it into, um, heaps and heaps of water in there, fill it up, get it all really nice and moist, and then get your new the plant you're transplanting and put it into that new hole. Uh, and keep on watering it so there's heaps and heaps of water that it can soak up. Uh, there's also a product you can get called Stress Guard. Uh, now that uh, is a spray and you can spray that all over the plant. It sort of slows down the breathing of the plant is the best way to think about it. Uh, so you can see what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the you know as much moisture into the root ball, not damage the root ball and also slow down the breathing of the plant uh, to make sure that it survives and after that, just water it very, very heavily for about two weeks or so. And when you start to see new shoots coming on, that's when you can start to slow back on the watering and uh, hopefully it'll transplant nicely for you.
5: Okay, so when I'm digging the roots out, Mm -hmm. is it like a tap root or is it a spreading root? Yes,
1: so with the citrus you will get some uh, matted root ball, but you will also find larger tap roots in there as well, especially if the plant's about one and a half metres tall. But as I said, those ones, don't drag them out. Just cut straight through them uh, and uh, transplant those.
5: Excellent. Okay,
1: thank you. Okay, good on you. And look, so and the other thing is don't fertilise it. The people are often tempted to uh, fertilise the plant at that point in time, but you'll just overload it and they, it can't handle the fertiliser. Okay, great.
0: Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Bye-bye. So we've got Kate from Bellbird, and she's got a question about roses. Good afternoon, Kate. How can we help you?
2: Yeah, Hello. Um, we're going away um, in a couple of weeks to where it's much warmer. Um, I just want to know what to do with my roses before we go. Do I, we'll be away for probably six weeks, you know, towards the end of August. Oh, do stop I it, stop it Kate,
1: stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Stop Sorry. right there. We don't want to hear this. We don't want to hear this. So stop. you're going away for six weeks, are you, to the end of August?
2: Um, we're in a couple of weeks until the end of August. Yeah. So okay. I want to know, do I do my big prune before I go, like in the next two weeks?
4: I
1: do it when I get back? I, I reckon I would do it in the next two weeks. Uh, leaving it till the end of August is probably getting a little bit too late uh, mm-hmm. because it, 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 by then everything wants to start to sprout anyway. So yes, I would leave it as long as possible before you go and then get in and uh, give the big prune.
2: Right, they, they are suffering a fair bit from black spot, whether that comes into, you know, whether that should be taken into account or.
1: Well, effectively, what you're going to be doing once you do that heavy prune, you'll be pruning off all those leaves anyway, uh, get mm. rid of them off, you know, away from the ground, yep. uh, from around the plant, and, and that should, uh, you know, sort of spell the end of the black spot until February again for you.
2: Right, a- any other tips that I should be doing before? Before
1: I go no look that 's all you really need to do the heavy prune make sure you give them a, a good feed. Uh, we recommend usually about uh, you know a third of a bag of poultry manure uh, for mm. each rose plant so it 's quite a fair bit. Uh, make sure you don 't let it sort of pile up against the the trunk of the plant though because you don 't want collar rot. Yep. Uh, and then, look, if you were going to be here, then in a couple of weeks' time, you give it then a handful of that, uh, you know, sort of uh, chemically rose food that you can get and the granular one and uh, give it then. But you can substitute other things in later on in the year, like sudden impact if you want to. It's a slow-release fertiliser.
2: Okay. So I, do I chuck the dynamic lifter on and just leave it or do I water it in or just let it sit
1: or...? Yeah, so look, I'd actually use straight poultry manure rather than dynamic oh. lifter. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, so you get a, about a 25 to 30 litre bag and you get three roses out of each of those bags.
2: Yep, so water in or just
1: leave? Uh Water in, uh, water in, and uh, then uh, yeah, pack the bag and off you go. Okay, sweet,
2: thank when you, you.
1: When you come back in August, it will have fantastic roses all over it probably. Oh, wonderful.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll ring you and let you know.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Thank
2: you. Okay, good news. Thanks, new. thanks lots, Kate, Scott. bye-bye.
0: Bye. We've got Ross now from Bolton Point and he's looking for an insecticide that's suitable for hibiscus. Good afternoon Ross. Uh, how can we help you? Problems with your hibiscus, mate?
5: Yes, thanks Scotty. Thanks. I like your program. Thank you for your program. I'm tending some hibiscus. i planted in a divider strip in our road and one bush has been very badly attacked with uh, both the leaf and uh look like a borer. Is there some, what do you recommend for A, the borer in the wood and be the uh, insects on the leaf.
1: Oh, Okay, so you're getting uh, the borer in the timber of the plant as well are you?
5: I have in this one, yeah. yes, and I, I, I think it might be gone to God with that that probably is not retrievable, but I do get a lot of insects uh, onto the leaf as well, Yeah. So on the other bushes.
1: You might have a hibiscus beetle, which is just this little black creature uh, it actually gets into the flowers as well and will do damage there and just gnaws holes in all the leaves so um, I mean, hibiscus is a very, very resilient plant and the hibiscus beetle is about the only thing that really, you know, gets in and causes it some problems. Uh, so right. y- you can treat that. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Yates have a product called Success, which is nice and safe to use if you want to. There's also pyrethrum spray uh, that you can right. spray to keep that under control. As to the borer in the wood, though, you're probably going to have to get a bit harder than those two chemicals I've just mentioned, Uh, And I'm wondering if, in fact, just uh, giving the plant a heavy prune uh, might be the way to go. Um, Don't do that right now, but, uh, you know, perhaps wait till the middle of August when it starts to warm up again and just try and prune out, uh, you know, all of that old timber that's been affected and anything else, uh, like a very, very heavy prune, and then just uh, let it sprout back with some nice fresh growth
5: good what's a good fertilizer to kick it along
1: when i do it yeah the, it gets the, warm. they do love cow manure so some bags of cow manure are going to be fantastic for hibiscus right well
5: thank you very much and thanks for your program Charlie. not a
1: problem thank you for the call yep. ross
0: we appreciate it bye. thanks bye bye. and just time for one more call we've got alina from glendale and she's got a question about the poinsettia. alina how can we help you Ah,
2: uh, hello I have uh, a few, uh, like one problem with different uh, conifers, uh, like Skyrocket one and um, Spartan one and Lenten Green. Uh, at the back of my yard, they one by one, the Lenten Green became um, sort of um, yellowish, and yes. I have to cut all of them. But now um, it, 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 this is going to my sculpture, skyrocket uh, sort of uh, in front yard and I'm looking and I'm like oh my god just not my spartans as well yeah what is that I know it's hard to get rid of and I try some copper powder or something like that but would like to know your opinion and advice on
1: this yeah so look un- unfortunately those conifers like Leighton's green and the skyrocket the pencil pines they can't be susceptible to a, a conifer canker that they get and that's a, a fungal disease that gets into them Yeah. and and then also what happens is because they're a bit weak then they get borers coming in as well so you might jump into those plants and have a good look around and you'll find that there's some weeping sap coming out of uh, pardon me weeping yeah. sap coming out of holes uh, so they've probably got borer and the canker I would be uh, using a product called fos Acid. It's a systemic fungicide which you water into the ground around the plants and that will get rid of the canker for you or hopefully keep it under control. You can spray as well. Uh, as far as the uh, borers go, you need to try and uh, you know, actually get some poison into the holes that are being left there and just generally spray in around the tree to keep that under control. Uh, watering the plants very heavily and just making sure that they're healthy can actually flush the plant, the uh, the, the problem out, the the bores out. But you need to get that
0: canker under control with a product called fos acid. Scotch up, we're out of time for another week. Talk to you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel.